had a little like appetizer party wherein we had some rotel uh, which was really exciting. I know. How how was it? How was that? It was delicious. It was just fucking delicious. How'd you eat it? Did you dip a toe in it? No. <laughs> well, I thought about it. Not even at the end of the night? No. It was too hard by then. So it had the leathery top that you had to... What, 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 welcome to Take Me to Coffee. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age. For the doers, the builders, the people who are making things from the ground up. From movie stars to blog writers to Instagram creators, in this day and age, we have something to learn from everyone. Andrew and I know that the best part of a coffee date is getting personal with someone who has been down the road before you. So this podcast is your weekly chance to pick the brains of some super smart people. You're going to soak up a whole lot of inspiration along the way. It's a new year, new you, me, us, we. Here we are. <laughs> oh my heavens! Aww. Grab your cup of coffee, folks, because it's a 2020 to remember. Andrew, you're home, and I'm not, which is bullshit. I am home. Holy fucking shit! How it's does been it two feel? It fucking feels weird as shit. Is what it feels like. <laughs> like I dip my toe in that icy pond again, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. The Rotel. We can't mix the metaphors. Sorry, I dipped my toe in the Rotel, and it was ice cold. Yeah. It's like it's been out at the party a little too That's long. Disgusting. I know, right? I had to get past that like leathery layer on the top, and then I then I finally <laughs> put all my toes in it. Oh, oh God! Don't watch the video. Of but what that's you how just I did. eat Rotel. But that's how I eat Rotel. <laughs> I mean, if I don't got chips on hand, I'm gonna use my hand. Tell me about the closing show, closing Sunday, or the closing. Oh, it weekend. was one of the most. It was, I mean, I've closed 150 shows. Like that's I've made that mm-hmm. number up, but I've closed mm-hmm. a lot of shows. <laughs> Th- this was like one of the most unbelievably epic closings I've ever been a part of. Why? Why? Tell me all the tea. Give me all the stuff. You know, it's emotional. It's heightened. It's everything. But like, I'm not kidding you. This is the first. And for those of you who don't know Hamilton, get on, get out from under the fucking rock that you're on. <laughs> Um, Hamilton is a, it's a, you know, worldwide phenomenon. And this thing is like kind of broken all the rules and rechanged the game of the musical theater landscape. And everybody came out of the woodwork and was like, holy shit, this is the first production of Hamilton ever to close ever. Oh, I kept thinking about it and I was like, God, this, I feel like a little bit of a failure. But then I was like, "Mm, no, I feel pretty good about two years of work that I've put into this thing and like the community that, you know, I I talk about all the time and you see like on the, on the closing night, it was like, they said Alexander Hamilton and he stood out there for a full 30 seconds for a standing ovation. Oh my gosh. And it happened for every single character. That's Every so single cool. character. It was the fucking craziest. And I'm getting the energy, a little teary. And the, the energy was like throughout the entire three hour show was just fucking on fire. I was uh, exhausted. I was exa- And amazing. I only worked for 10 minutes. I was exhausted. <laughs> so we get to the curtain call finally. Show goes amazing. It's just like gangbusters, right? We, we tear yeah. it up. And the energy's amazing. Everybody's super pumped. Everybody's tired, you know, but like everybody's super pumped and like energized. And we get to the end of the show, take our second bow. We get ready to walk off stage. All of a sudden, like we look to our right, Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago comes out by royal decree, opens up this thing. She does a little (laughs) speech. She comes out. She opens up this little booklet that says, I declare today, January 5th, 2020, Hamilton Day. Oh. We've played over... 
and some ridiculous number of people, like 250,000 people or something like that. And then we've made like $400 million. $250 million of that was in city revenue, they've calculated. Yeah, I saw that article. So it's like you've you've done amazing things for the city of Chicago. We're going to give you a day. Well, and I just want to go back, especially for like anyone, uh, our listeners who are like producer types or like interested in the economics of theater. When we talk about like it being the first Hamilton show to close, this is something, a question I've fielded a lot this week as I tell everybody, oh, Andrew's coming home and blah, blah, blah. That a lot of people have asked me like, like, how did it close? And I have said to everybody is their threshold for not meeting financial benchmarks is like not a failure. It's not like Hamilton was half empty. You know what I mean? When you're making that much revenue, it's like a tiny thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe 90% isn't enough for them to keep a sit down open in a city, but like it's certainly no failure. That's for sure. Cause I can't imagine you saw empty seats on any given night, right? Very rarely did we see empty seats. And it was probably just because that bus broke down outside of podunk iowa you know it was that's what i imagine it to be like people just don't yeah. not show up yeah funny thing is is that we, when we got to the end i was like why are we closing what are we doing uh-huh. i think it was more of a strategic thing like they toured so close to the city that it was kind of drawing our audience away and they had it on the mm-hmm. next year's bill they're getting even closer to the city within like three or four hours yeah and people you know you just don't yeah. want to come see a sit down when you're going to go see it at your local yeah. place you know totally and so i don't think that hamilton's done in chicago by any stretch of the imagination it's just gonna yeah. i think they're gonna wait a year and then they're going to come back. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. actually happening. But right. The long and the short is it's not a failure. You guys are the first ones to close out of strategy, no. not no, necessarily. No, no. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not a failure at all. I mean, the two words aren't even meant to be in the same sentence. Hamilton and failure is like, that's just not a thing. I'm going to ask you a question. I think you said this once. Oh, you did. Like on a podcast episode, the definition of crazy is trying to do the same thing over and over again for different results. Insanity. Insanity. Just because you're in a new place. You're back home. What coffee are you drinking, Andrew? Oh my heavens, what is it? I am drinking Starbucks. What? I know, I I know, you did it, you got me back there. I'm drinking the Pike's Place blend, and it is quite sumptuous, because my wife orders, (laughs) and I I mean, I don't know if you feel this way about the pods, but like, the pods for me are a little, I'm a little torn. Yes, convenience is key, but like, it's so hard to recycle those fucking things, Mm. and I'm just, I'm a big green advocate, so... I'll keep drinking it and keep breaking down the pods into three sections because that's the only way they'll recycle it. And if you guys don't know, take the top off, the foil top, rip the guts out of it, throw all that shit away, and then recycle the bottom and the foil. So that's for you. This is also a really good shout out for all y'all listening to skip over to our episode with Megan Oftermat about sustainability and zero waste. You can find that in our episode queue. She tells us all kinds of awesome tips like that to uh, reduce your waste at home. You're welcome for that. Reduce your waste. (laughs) Why? I don't know what's that. I just started doing that. I feel like I needed to do something there. It's just like... Like people, people like Megan for me are just kind of fucking superheroes. Like anybody who's trying to save the planet, i.e., like a Bernie Sanders or you know any yeah. of these other like Green New Deal guys. Like, psh, psh, fight the <laughs> fight the power. Let's go. I find myself so giddy to chat with you, you because it's been a couple you. of weeks. I know I'm giddy. Oh, like a horse. Yeah, a little bit like a pony, just cantering around. <laughs> It's been a couple weeks, uh, and it's been like a really cool oh, week. Oh, fuck. For the- Didn't you have a birthday? Yeah, god damn it. I've been waiting. I've just been waiting for you to bring that up. 
<laughs> is that what we've been waiting for? But technically, we talked about my birthday because we the episode came out after my birthday, so we pretended like I had already had my birthday. Listen, the magic. Oh my of god, the magic we just gave podcasting. away all our secrets. I don't like to pretend. <laughs> How was it now? It was great. I went to friend's house. Uh, we had a little like game and appetizer party. They got me um, Santa pants for my birthday, which I'm wearing right now. Santa, Santa pants, pajama pants. Yeah, Santa pants. Can we see them? Uh, god, this podcast took a, a blank. It looked like a full right turn. <laughs> what if that was like a Kristen wig and it was a fake leg I just put up? I, I don't. Don't you travel with a fake leg? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> In a little pelican case, a custom. Yeah, no, no, case. just like a cut through it, but then yeah. it has the foot hanging out one side, and you're like, hey. Uh, what's up? Yes. You're like, this is my fake yes. leg. So well, I travel with it. It's my, my companion. It's a service leg. My service leg. That's so weird. <laughs> you just got a little strap That's for funny. it or it's tattooed on the side of the fake leg. So it's a I service leg. It's an emotional support leg. annoy me. Yeah. Like, because airports are trying during the holidays and you got to have something to like fucking get people out of your way. Emotional support leg. That's what it is. I feel like that is the fucking skit, though. That is a skit for SNL. Oh, yeah. It's like airport. This is my this is my leg. Hold on. Get out of my way, please. And then you pull out your leg. And you hit people with it. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're genius. I know, Everything is copyright up. and trademarked on this podcast. So don't yeah, try to steal true. our fucking ideas like our not security leg my <laughs> emotional support, support leg. leg that i paid 250 dollars on the internet to get oh licensed my god speaking of emotional support legs i want to talk about the, our guest today uh the hard trans <laughs> <laughs> the non sequitur transition made so impressive by mr andrew call of this podcast uh, i want to talk about our guest today andy roninson man let's talk about this dude real quick he is a genius composer and I feel like oh an emotional gosh. support leg is going to be some like at least character and or uh, frame of reference oh. for a song that he's going to write. Yeah, for wait, us. I got it, I got it. Yeah. Wait, so he does he, when he comes back to his ten minute podcast because if you didn't know, he is the creator of an awesome podcast uh, called Take a Ten, which are ten minute musicals. Mm-hmm. We are going to make sure that he writes one about. Uh, uh, someone with an emotional support leg starring you and me. That's it. We got it. We just found his new musical. Found his new 10-minute musical. This guy is amazing. He's a Jonathan Larson grant recipient. He's a musical theater writer. He's part of the BMI program. I've worked with him. I've sung some of his tunes. He's a music director. He just music directed an awesome Larson concert uh, with a bunch of Jason Robert Brown music Uh and uh a bunch of our favorite uh singers in this beautiful space. Uh, and he's also just like super fun to talk to. I didn't know him before. Yeah, this. You, you guys did. like really, I mean, I knew him beforehand and we got along swimmingly, but you guys seem to really hit it off in this episode. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm, I'm impressed. The thing is when anyone wants to like, like finds it fun or interesting or joyful to get into like the nitty gritty of like song structure yeah, and why something and moves you, the nuts and bolts. I'm like all in. I'm a fucking nerd. That's it. It makes me so happy to talk about that stuff. And I don't know shit about really song structure except for like peripherally. So I don't know. I was like all in on that conversation. It was so fun. I learned so much. And listen, you guys are the creators, man. I'm a vehicle. I can just sit there and listen to you guys do that shit the whole day. Oh, no, no, no. Let me explain. I am someone who understands it all. I enjoy it all. But I, yeah. my, my main thing in life, and I've discovered this, is like, I don't want to write my own shit. Yeah. I don't want to write anything, right? That's just not my bag. I'm not excited by that. I'm excited to be a vessel for other people's things and to make it, you know, take their dream, take their, you know, ideas, and then we both yeah. work together to make it better. It's yeah. extremely egotistical, but you know what? I got a little <laughs> bit of ego in me, and I don't care. No. And I don't what? care. Ego, what? cur. 
That's my alter ego name is Ego Kerr. Oh, Andy Ego Kerr? That sounds like a like a villain. Like Yeah, no, I know. Uh, but like, it could also I be maybe Ego Kerr. Oh, see, when you do the like voice that. like that, that's when it makes it all fucked up. If I say, yeah. I'm Ego Kerr, then you sound yeah. like the hero. And that's then when you the go, difference between your... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're writing this 10-minute musical as we're doing this intro. Ego Kerr is the, has to be the antagonist in our 10-minute musical about yeah. the person with the emotional support leg. Oh, my God. Andy? Andy, are you listening? Yeah, he is. He's actually just going to be on the podcast here in like literally 30 seconds once we get done with this <laughs> intro. <laughs> Crazy. It's so crazy. Listen, it's I, amazing I, uh, how this works. So he's got 10 minute musicals. He's on hiatus right now, but all the episodes are up on andyronison.com. If you don't want to listen to this episode, go check this fucking guy out. Even this intro, if you've been bored by it, whatever, go check out andyronison.com. A N D Y R O N I N S O N dot C O M. AndyRonaldson.com. Check him out. He's a fucking badass. I really like the idea that I'm going to check the analytics on this uh, episode after it comes out, and there'll just be a 90% drop off at yeah, 13 no, minutes it'll just in straight, because everybody's straight like, flow I'm out. Right to Andy Ronald. He's like, yeah, okay, told me I could go. I guess I got, I guess I got the doors open. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, and you guys, don't forget, if you want to submit a question for TM2C or suggest someone to be on the podcast, head over to Twitter and Instagram. Follow us. We're TM2C Podcast on both of those. And uh, get in on the action because if you haven't yet, you're missing out. We have got a really amazing community on the internet that's giving us amazing suggestions on who to have on. We have booked a whole bunch of those people. They're getting their questions in. uh, And we want you to be a part of that. We hope you enjoy this episode. Of Take Me to Coffee with Andy Roninson. Yeah. Roninson? I, uh, I had one gym, gym teacher who said Roninson. Really? Because yeah, I'm Ronin, Roninson, Ronin, yeah, Roninson. <laughs> there he is. Shit, we're going to have a beatbox battle here in a minute. Can't wait for this oh, shit. No. Let's fucking. You're talking to the vocal percussionist of uh, Sunu Purchase's very own a cappella group, which is called Choral Pleasure. You're welcome. Oh! <laughs> You're welcome. Fuck. Uh, Ladies, understand that Choral Pleasure uh, is, totally. is in the house. The oh. fucking percussionist from Choral oh. Pleasure, ladies. Oh, God. What if in all the social that? media for this episode, it's because yeah. it's always like the title of the episode, which sometimes is someone's brand and then their name, right. but this is just Choral, Choral Pleasure, Pleasure with Andy Rodinson. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oh, God, here she goes. Here she goes again. Am I still in your left ear there, Andrew? Yeah, you are, but you know what? All right. It just feels like you're uh, just right here talking over my left shoulder, just cozying up to my ear. Nice and cozy. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is is my radio voice. Oh, you can audition to be the voice of TM2C. You're listening to Take Me to Coffee. Take Me to Coffee. With Jess Ryan and Andrew Call. Yeah. Now, here's Jessica Ryan and Andrew Call. This is all with the music playing on See, no, listen. No, I love it. That's a big swell, some kind yeah, of music. Totally. Yeah, right. But you're going to have to create your own beatbox track to this for sure. that. Right? And talk at the same you're time. You're going to do all the work for us. Hey, Emily, right. you can take this from here. When right. I audition, by the way, I, I'm not a good singer. Uh, uh-huh. When I auditioned for that a cappella group, I Googled how to beatbox like the morning of the audition because yep. <laughs> i was like well i can't really sing but i want to be a part of this yeah, yeah exactly exactly right yeah, right right so right. i prepared boogie on reggae woman this is the uh bobby mcferrin-esque boogie on reggae woman yes of course. I like to boogie, but you move too fast. Oh, now it's on the fucking radio, and now it's a rather podcast land. 
And now everybody can hear uh, how bad I'm doing. It's going to be clipped for social media, know, just so we're clear. You know we're, we're right. only sizzle reeling that. I'm going to cut That's... it so it just starts with that. It's just you doing the beatbox, and then it cuts to black and giant like league gothic letters that say Coral Pleasure with Andy Roninson. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. Coral Pleasure. Oh, my God. And can it just be Coral Pleasure with just a bunch of oysters around it, <laughs> like in the plate of oysters? Sure. Is this now Coral C O R A L? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly I where it. I went. I, I, see, like, I feel oh, guilty. Yeah. I feel guilty that like those two friends who made the group are gonna get mad that I'm taking credit for the name. All I'm picturing oh, is just this. No. We're just taking credit for Coral Pleasure, which is yeah. a uh, it's a it's a marine biologist group. The cover um, band. Yeah. No, it's just That's a bunch hilarious. of marine biologists got together and they were like, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna put together a little group here." I just want to say really quickly that what I thought you meant when you asked for oysters, this is how my brain works because it's coral pleasure and you said oysters and oysters are an aphrodisiac. So I thought in some weird way you wanted to like maybe set the mood for everyone. All the entendres. Take it it to the coral bank. Uh, Mr. Ronson, what have you been up to, man? What, what are you doing? Listen, we worked on a- Wait a uh, second. Go way back, because I don't even know what you do. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, do. That's, that's a lie, true. but- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What is it you do? What the fuck do you do? <laughs> what the fuck do I do? Other than, other than look handsome beatbox and give us coral pleasure? <laughs> clearly. Clearly. I, got, I have looks that are made for audio-only formats. That's not um, true, you handsome devil. <laughs> oh, if you talk to George Merrick, he'd be the first to say that. Oh, but he's a handsome son of a bitch. He he's a, a classically handsome son of a bitch. I just went to his wedding. George is actually the guy who uh, put me in touch with Andrew. George and I mm. met in the BMI Musical Theater Writing Workshop. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I write musicals is what I do, I guess. It's, it's <laughs> you know, getting into that habit. This is kind of the first year where that's people's first thought about me, your impression of me. You know what I mean? Oh, isn't that so satisfying when you finally get that? It's yeah. And you worked so hard for it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. And I write, too. But now it's the insecurity of, like, what are you writing? And I'm like, yeah, oh, right. You know, like, how much, right. you know, I, I'm yeah. writing, I just write so slowly. I see these people just churn out <laughs> tunes. And I'm like, fuck, mm. I am so, so slow. Um, Do you write li- music and lyrics? Uh, right now I'm doing all by myself. I wrote music and lyrics for two musicals in college. And those songs from those shows got me into the BMI workshop. I was a... Jazz piano major in school. Where were, where, SUNY and Purchase? Is that what you said? SUNY Purchase, cool. Great, yeah, right. which is in Westchester County near New York. So while I was still in school, I was doing the BMI workshop. I was coming into New York about once a week for that. But like by the end of college, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not a jazz pianist. That's that's not what I'm doing. I'm here to do musical theater, yeah, you know, yeah. and music directing mostly and writing for sure. But, you know, music directing is what kind of got a secure foothold in New York mm-hmm. when I moved down here. Yeah. So clearly, I mean, clearly it got you a foothold. You're a, you're a Larson Grant recipient, Dramatist yeah. Guild Foundation fellow. Like you're, you're fucking, you're doing all the things. You're getting all the awards, <laughs> yes. you're getting the accolades. So clearly you're doing something right, right? There's a little bit of that right now. Yeah. So <laughs> he's so humble. <laughs> no, no, like, I'm just like... fucking huge deals, man. I mean, like these are huge, huge accolades. Okay, Mr. Hamilton over here. It's just something. Yeah, it's right. just something. It's just a little dabbles thing. Right, that's it. I just dabble. It's all about putting in the time, right? Yeah. So writing these two shows in school and writing that stuff for the BMI workshop. The first year they give you assignments. They're like there's like the streetcar named Desire song you have to write, the Willie Loman, a couple other things like that. They do like a two minute musical, right? No, it's a ten minute. Ten minutes. Oh, ten it is minute. a ten minute. Okay. Ten oh yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So cool. So, 
Your buddy Tom Kitt, yep. next to normal, started as a 10-minute musical in oh, the BMI cool. workshop. That's amazing. And it was called Feeling Electric, and they turned that into a full-length musical and changed the title and won Pulitzer Prize later. I think they right? really oh, missed yeah. out on not naming that choral pleasure colon Feeling the Electric. electric musical. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my 10-minute musical for that assignment was an adaptation of Four Rooms. Four Rooms? It's by four different directors. The last of which is Quentin Tarantino. The movie? It's this random ass movie. Yes, from 96 mm. or so. Oh, oh, oh. It's Tim Roth as a bellhop. I think it's yep, Tim Roth. Yep. In, and he goes around to four different rooms. And each room is a different like 20 minute movie or something by a different director. Oh, I haven't seen that. But we'll put that in the show notes, everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. The first two <laughs> are pretty bad. The third one's Robert Rodriguez. Okay. And, Ooh. and then this Quentin Tarantino part starts and it's like, Oh, here we are. Here we are. And it's suddenly so good. And uh, so that's what we turned into a 10-minute musical. Uh, Yeah, so that, and I wrote an eight-minute musical for this thing called Eight-Minute Musicals. Okay. (laughs) Aptly named. Right. And then I was just very frustrated at knowing I could write stuff, but not having anything to show anyone. Uh Mm. And I was like, what do I I have? I was like, well, since I'm music direct, I have friends who sing. Mm. And I have a laptop, and I know how to use GarageBand. So I bought a mic, just recorded people in my bedroom basically in my closet choral pleasure choral pleasure <laughs> just really some people were were not used to those conditions in, in like yeah like shin level of like dirty clothes and i was like yeah that's fine that's fine no just put kick that out of the way just kick those out of the way Totally, I feel like I've recorded real. in worse places, though. Like, you know, you have these for young sure. up-and-coming Imagine, composers, right? and you're like, hey, can you come in and sing on this track for me? And you go, yeah, sure. So where do you want me to sing this? And they're like, oh, no, I got a mic set up in a uh, in, a, in a bathroom, but you got to pull the curtain <laughs> yep. when you're done, and then you got to do this. Yep. But sing with a towel over your head in the, <laughs> yes. the towel. Because the yep. acoustics on the back of the mic are really cool. Uh, that's the sound yep. I'm looking for, but I don't have, like, a condenser. I don't have, like, any of the fucking shit that you need, like, any kind of a mixer or anything. Yep. So just yep. sing as well as you can. In this scenario. Oh, and you're like, okay, trying to hold a piece of paper, being like, head in a ski bucket. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Like, shit like that is amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so one thing we do on Take Me to Coffee is it's not just a coffee date for us since it's digital. It's also for everyone who listens to Take Me to Coffee and anyone who follows your work. So we got questions for you. This first one is really good from Danny Bernstein. Oh, my God. Perfect rhymes. Overrated. Or necessary. So okay. <laughs> hmm. Well, I use perfect rhymes almost exclusively. I can mm. only think of one song with my lyrics that has a couple imperfect rhymes in there. I don't believe they are 100% necessary. Uh, I don't think they're entirely overrated. I think for musical theater, they're very useful because in a musical, you're telling a concrete story. You know, with a pop song, it has a lot of different purposes, but it's not so much like telling one concrete story for an audience of a couple thousand or whatever, you know, Mr. Hamilton over here. And uh, I didn't write it. I just say it. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> you're just doing it. But in a show, you need everybody on board with your story. You need everybody understanding. Mm-hmm. And every chance they have to slip off understanding what's going on, that's one more chance to lose the suspension of disbelief and one more chance for them to go, wait, what? And every time they do that... Uh, to take it out of the moment, yeah. It kind of takes them out of the moment. And it, if you need everybody to understand literally what the character is saying, it's just safer to bet on a perfect rhyme making sense. That's kind of my main reason to use them. I have a lot of musical theater writers, friends mm. who are very snobbish about this and ha- say things like, you know, a rhyme is either perfect or it's not a rhyme. Like, you can't have a half rhyme that's like saying you're half pregnant. 
which I just think is ridiculous. Can you also, just in case anyone's listening, explain what a perfect rhyme is and why this is a, an interesting conversation to have? Sure. It's a very specific thing. It's two words or phrases where from the stressed syllable to the end of the word have the same sounds. Dear God, <laughs> can you just give us an example? Because that blew my fucking mind. It's totally. So phrasing and grazing okay mm. azing and azing you know mm. uh phrasing and behaving are not because it's azing and aving and even though the last syllable is the same ah, that ing ah. it's about where the stress is azing aving interesting it's that specific so then when we our brain hears an imperfect rhyme so it interrupts something like it, it. Well, there's just a chance like how imperfect you go. So like that one's not crazy. Like you can hear both of those words. But if you listen to like Lil Wayne or something rhyming like New Orleans with Martian. Sure. And it's like when he says it in his way, it rhymes. But you also need words that can be said by any actor and they will mm -hmm. rhyme. But then, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the best lyricist today pretty sure that can be said yeah. Yeah, yeah and then you have something like you know jefferson always hesitant with the president reticent there isn't a plan he doesn't jettison where it's like doesn't fucking matter right that it doesn't no. th <laughs> none of those none of those are perfect rhymes i just got excited hearing you just like mutter that line <laughs> Ex exactly i mean just you know though i think in you'll be back i would imagine most of those are perfect rhymes because they're so naked mm. if you're gonna highlight a rhyme clearly cleanly by itself it's gonna be more dangerous if it's not exact you know it's not gonna have that same like fulfilling thing necessarily mm. but we're not in the day and age of cole porter and ira gershwin where or yip harburg where the joke was the rhyme that's not where we live anymore right like it feels like we want to we want a flow state almost like where you hear a song and you kind of don't even it just sort of like is a, mm. this like thing that washes that's part of it too but that's what a pop song does mm. so it's tricky because that a pop song puts you in a trance mm -hmm. you know that's what the groove is about to make you either dance or have sex or cry or something like that. Mm -hmm, but a musical mm -hmm. has to tell a concrete story. So sometimes there is that wash. There's mm -hmm. a type of song in the BMI workshop, which may or may not be dated as an idea, but it's called a charm song. Do you guys, have you guys heard of that? Never no? heard of that. The charm song is a song for a moment of celebration or relaxation. Mm. So it's not really a plot heavy moment. It's just like when something good happens and you have a chance to just sing. And usually it also encompasses the theme of the whole show. Mm. Even those moments of just like dance break, you know, like, and it just washes over us, right? So music has that purpose as well. And I feel like theater has to walk that line between washing over you and telling a concrete story. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen has those moments, which, and I love Dear Evan Hansen, just like they repeat the chorus and this time it's bigger. And this time the lights are brighter mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you are just need to be, you need to be sucked into the same trance that the world around Evan Hansen is sucked into. I am so excited. I like have never gotten to talk about this or really put a lot of thought into it. So now I'm like, oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Okay. This is all I think about. So I'm happy to talk about it. Here's what I was thinking about. Uh, I saw a show recently, a new mm -hmm. musical, and I was, I found myself really thinking about when I walked out, like how I can't name or understand what I, something that I didn't care for very much, which is that lyrically this particular show that I saw was like incredibly wordy and I never had that moment we we're talking about where I just like heard a song and heard the poetry 
I never got to just feel a song in that show. Interesting. Or be elevated by the poetry of a lyric. It was so... How would you define wordy? Because I, I feel like wordy to me means verbose. Like Hamilton to me is I wordy. I know. Though in a good well, way. see, I guess the reason I bring it up is I don't have the answers for this. And I really haven't sure, figured sure. it out. But there was... Did you, do you mean it words as in like words that didn't achieve the transcendence of poetry? Yes. I think that is exactly what I meant. It felt clunky or pedestrian. Sure. Like someone was writing the exposition of a story into every single song as opposed to the, I don't know. I don't know. Help me understand my feelings, please. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So the show you're talking about that the listener doesn't know because we're trying to Keep professional and not talk shit about people in our business. No, I liked a lot of we're stuff about the show for sure. Like, so. we're, just, we're just so we're all questioning. Yeah, I, I, I did too. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, I was not keen on the writing in part because it was a show that its story demanded to be poetic, mm-hmm. and the words were not. They felt weighed down, you know. And that was a show by first-time writers for theater. Mm-hmm. Theater is a very specific animal. A song should not really repeat what we just saw, you know, because then we're bored. Because oh, that's another chance for the audience to. Right. To check out. Yep. You yep. know, if we see somebody get killed and then he goes, you just murdered my best friend. I can't believe he murdered my best friend. And you're like, great. Okay. Here's the best friend murdered song. Like, let's get on to like mm-hmm. the story. Let's keep moving. You know, mm. you can explore an emotion, but it has to be revealing. It has to show us something new that we haven't found from just what we've right. just you seen. You can't just give us, you can't just regurgitate plot points that we've already seen and harp on the plot points without giving us some more information either the plot or kind of delve deeper into the character's inner journey or whatever it is emotionally speaking is that why they say i forget that you'll know that i think the name of this this type of song but like when you're getting your bfa and they're like don't go into auditions with whatever it's called which is like essentially like you can always count on me from city of angels what are those songs called what the fuck why am i blanking that they're self-pitying yeah, basically like self-pitying songs, but there's a name for it that I can't remember. And I'm sure someone who listens will tell us on social media. But like, I remember being told, like, don't ever take those songs into an audition because you're not setting yourself up for success. But like, no one explained why, really. Interesting. <laughs> well, I have two thoughts about this. One is a music director. One is a writer. Uh-huh. I'm going to s- say Les Mis before I forget because my memory is terrible. Getting back to Les Mis later. <laughs> First thought, as a music director, I when I do coachings. I have this belief, which is just me and sounds like some sort of educational bullshit, but I have this belief that every audition song needs to have three things. One is end in a point of victory. Even if it's mm. a sad song, it's it can be a resignation, an acceptance. Uh, two, starting as far away from that as possible. Mm-hmm. And then three, find moments of discovery in between. First of all, you just blew my fucking mind because immediately I started thinking about how like it would fun it would be to approach that song as like an ownership over the course of the song that it's like, oh, all these men can count on me. Like I'm just that girl who's like blah, blah, blah. But like through the song being like, no, you know, like you can always count on me and I own that. You think you own me, but I own that. I, I don't know if it works at all with the lyrics, but that's what just happened in my head. Yeah. Love it. Amazing. I'm into that. And then, and you guys would know more as you know as actors, like when you're in the moment and auditioning. I'm kind of from the outside perspective, but then too, as a writer, my thought in terms of wallowing in self pity, like my number one example to think about not wallowing in self pity is Les Mis. Just the use of positive emotion, of happiness, of joy, of hope, throughout mm-hmm. that show is why it's so successful. You know, it's called Les Miserables, and it turns everything into the sort of the happy perspective. Now, happy is obviously a generalization in the wrong way. Right. When you look at I Dreamed a Dream, where it's Fantine and she is 
everything has happened to her. Mm-hmm. She is at the most totally. rock bottom of like any character ever, pretty much. Lost her job, child in the book, right? Yeah. Hair and teeth also. And she's like a prostitute. Her life is pure misery. In this like bottom of the barrel sewer moment when every single thing is lost, she's not going, I can't believe how much I've lost. I can't believe my life sucks. This sucks, this sucks, this sucks. She's going, there was a time when I was young and I was in love and it was so beautiful and I dreamed a dream and God, I love that dream. And then we all just start crying because we cannot yes. believe this woman with everything against her finds this tiniest of glimmer and that is the song we get to hear. That's the on my own too, right? And like indefatigable own. odds, like to be joyful. And- uh-huh. But aren't both of these songs right before they die? Yeah, there's a little bit of that too, right? But that's right, how you- That's what I'm saying. Is like, these are the fever dreams that you have. But like, this is how you quantify no, or step into not death, fev- right? Uh-uh, not fever dreams. It's aspirational. We all want to go out that way in like great joy and great belief. They don't know they're going to die yet. Right. They're, also they, that. You know, I mean, Fantine has her like Fantine's death where she sings like on the deathbed. Right, and then right. what's her face happening gets shot. And I, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> if you don't know Les Mis, you shouldn't be listening to the podcast anyways. Get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of here. here. Spoilers. Everybody dies. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to get off the topic of musicals right here. We have another okay. question. Yes, please. Uh, this is a recorded question from Sam. It kind of really it lines up with the topic we're on right now. Hi, this is Sam from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was curious to know if there was a show that sparked your interest in musical theater or a composer and who do you turn to for inspiration okay um i don't know i just love musicals you guys (laughs) i just think they're fun (laughs) i mean like sondheim's a big one i feel like that's a little cliche to say but it's kind of like yeah you know i played the mysterious man in into the woods when i was 10 oh my gosh in into the woods junior at the jcc okay oh yep sure where we did just the first act <laughs> before everything goes real wrong <laughs> yeah yeah before it gets adult right right the second musical i wrote in college was like half different styles and half what i thought mm-hmm. was like my own thing and then only later did i realize like no that was just sondheim everything i was doing was just sondheim <laughs> <laughs> part of this larson grant this is related is i got to do a concert of my work at adelphi university which was jonathan larson's alma mater oh, oh that's fantastic. awesome yeah I did a Q&A with the students from that school afterwards. And one of the kids asked me, they were great, very smart, very hopeful, very good questions. And one of them was, how do you not copy a melody when you write a melody? Like, how do you not Mm -hmm. have it sound like something else? And it's like, I don't know. I kind of went with like, you kind of have to make peace with you probably will copy melodies. You know, in Western music, we only have 12 notes to pick from. Mm -hmm. And a major scale really only uses eight. And in fact, like our modern pop ears really stick to the same notes that are used in every pop song, which is a pentatonic scale. So that's five notes. So really, most of the time we're playing with these five notes, you're going to run into the same five notes often. So you just kind of make peace with that. And then as you kind of develop as a composer, you got to just hide your tracks better and like cover up. You know, the, who you're stealing from. <laughs> that's the big piece of advice for this episode. Take me to coffee. Hide your tracks. Yeah. Coral pleasure, colon. Hide your tracks. For real, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, let's put the counter on here. Emily, can we put the counter on here? How many times we've said coral pleasure? And can we have the audience decipher if it's C-H-O-R or C-O-R? That's amazing. There it is. Thank you. It's so funny because this this happens often on this podcast. We think we're going to talk about one thing and then we totally end up talking about 60 other fascinating things. So I just want to pull back before we 
round this up because we got to talk about this podcast. Yeah. Obviously here at Take Me to Coffee, we're like so inspired by the idea of how the theater imagination applied to digital media like creates amazing things. And we're both we're both podcasts with take at the beginning of our title oh yeah that's true so i was just like gonna twins. say there's some synergy there. yeah so yeah. tell us about this podcast give us a little story yeah. give us story there, time andy i mean uh, like i said like this was created out of frustration just by myself in a fit of rage uh, in a fit of rage you know bought a laptop and used GarageBand for the first 10 episodes they were once a month 10 minutes i had three stipulations for every episode three things i wanted each episode to do mm. one which I kind of cared the least about was 10 minutes. So they're like, give or take 10 minutes. Most of them are between like nine and 12 or something. So it's a non-equity production where the stage manager is not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what it was, so, okay. For, for, for the people that, that don't understand what take 10 is, take, um, a, 10. take a 10 is like the, the equity break that you get every hour and a half. You'll, you have to take a 10 per equity rules in rehearsal or anytime that you're doing anything really. Yeah, and I wanted something that wasn't asking a lot. Because mm. that was another thing. It was like, anytime you do a concert or a reading or a show, then you got to, hey, please come down at 1130 on a Monday night and drop $55 right. plus a 25 minimum for, We're speaking you know, specifically about 54 below. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to ask friends to like, beg friends to come out so that I would mm -hmm. hope to break even. So instead, I just knew I wasn't going to break even and just put money into this, bought a microphone, paid the actors. And it's sort of paid back in the sense that, you know, people have bought some sheet music and have done productions and the awards have been because of that. That's you know? awesome. So it's in a way I've sort of broken even since then. But anyway, three stipulations. One was 10 minutes. Every episode is a 10 minute musical, meaning scenes and songs, fully orchestrated, edited. I record each actor individually and then put them together so it sounds like they're having a conversation. Full orchestration. So I'd usually have them record to a piano track that I'd make and then mm -hmm. overdub just whatever instruments I could, mostly fake instruments, but every now and then a guitar or strings or something. Uh, second stipulation was my main concern for every episode to mm -hmm. have a beginning, middle, and end. I, so I tried to make each one like its own little hero's journey in the middle. Do you guys know what a hero's journey, the hero's journey is? Do you guys- We were just talking about it at dinner last oh, night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we do, but well, for, for our audience, audience please yeah. explain. Uh, it's- this belief by what would he be called philosopher yeah. named joseph campbell philosopher in the 50s or something where he studied every folk tale and religion and sort of came to the conclusion that every great story follows these same steps and it's not you know these are generalizations and you can talk about the sort of patriarchal leanings of this idea of a hero's journey but basically the idea is there is a hero and they are sent into a world of adventure to do something to get something and then they go through their trials and tribulations to either get it or not get it and then they are changed for the process so every episode has that like the first episode is an assistant director who is tasked with making sure that the lead actor remembers his lines because he keeps <laughs> fucking up his lines <laughs> so good it's so silly and then it turns out he has a crush on someone and so he can't express himself and so she like pushes him to like go and ask out that person that he has a crush on and you know and then it all works out mm. sometimes some of them not so happy endings but they're all changed even if it's not a happy ending so that was a big thing for me was that every episode has something like that and then the third stipulation was to have at least one song in every episode that is extractable in the sense that it can be taken out of context Great. sell that sheet music <laughs> you know exactly some for an audition right? yeah or a cabaret or concert or whatever because i wrote these two musicals in college and 
anytime I tried to play something for someone, it would take 15 minutes right. to set it up right. to be like, okay, so there are these two brothers. It's an ancient Greece, but no, it's not really ancient, but don't worry about it. And then they're trying to get to, you know, right. and it, by the time I'd be done setting it up, it wouldn't be worth playing the song. Do you do you ascribe to your own audition requirements for audition songs with these mm. songs that you're writing? That we talked about earlier? Yeah, we talked about the yeah. three stipulations you have for an audition song for an actor. Do you ascribe to the same for your, these these songs that you're writing? Basically, yes. Ideally, every song and musical should have a journey yeah. and should be its own little play with its own story of a hero going through trials and tribulations and being changed at the end. And it should be interesting and dynamic. Anyway, Like there should be moments of surprise and jokes and whatever. I mean, th- I this has nothing to do with anything, sort of. <laughs> but it's not that every musical needs to be funny. Yeah. It's not that shit needs to have jokes, but like they kind of do. And my fucking bragging rights for life is that I saw Hamilton off Broadway in previews. Yeah. And my main feeling at the end of that show was just like relief in the sense that like every part of the show was like, right, because that's what a musical is supposed to do. Right. So like, thank you for being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's so like powerful and dramatic and depressing and, and times yeah. like it's funny. Angels in America is hilarious. Right. So much of it is so funny and then so crushingly depressing. Yeah. And people just forget that that's necessary. And a lot of humor is just the mix of truth and surprise. Right. Right. That song that I'm talking about, the song from the first episode of the podcast where this guy sings a song. It turns out he has a crush on the sound guy. And so he sings this song called Steve. And it's just this like pop ballad. It's like, Steve. And actually, Andrew, you would crush it. It would be a great song for you to sing. <laughs> well, send me the material. <laughs> and I had a moment with that song where for me, it's kind of a sad song. It's about just the inability to express yourself and, you know, all that stuff that we feel that we've all felt when we, when we know we, we have this crush on someone or they don't like us back or whatever it is. and how sad that is and i got to do that 10 minute musical episode live at a uh festival of 10 oh, minute cool. musicals and we got to that song and just at the very top of the song he goes steve and the whole audience one big laugh uh, it's beautiful and it's one of the best moments of my life I- i'll never forget it it was just me in the pit and by in the pit i mean on the stage and i moved from the keyboard to sit on my amp and i had my acoustic guitar it's also great because I never get to see the audience. I'm always in a pit or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting sort of perpendicular to the audience. And I'm just sitting there just mm-hmm. strumming this easy song that I wrote in my bedroom, whatever, fucking months ago. You can just feel they're all with it. And they just laugh. It was just magic. Mm. It's just very nice when an audience laughs, even at a sad song, because it's the recognition of truth and surprise. My favorite thing about being a funny person mm-hmm. is that you you have them in your hand. And yeah, my yeah. favorite thing about singing funny, 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 sad songs is that, yeah. that you can just pull everybody in with all of that joy and laughter and then just like tip them over, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. Dude, I don't want to go, but this fucking podcast has to end at some point, even though I want to sit here and talk about it all fucking day. No, 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 no. Andy Ronison, man, thank you for coming on here. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for your insight and your fucking wisdom, like dropping threes on us left and fucking right. I know. Rules of threes all over. Coral pleasure, colon, the thrill of threes. Coral pleasure. I've got you a trilogy today. The thrill of threes. Oh, my God. Is that that an actual bell by you or are you- Sound uh, effect. No, no, that's a bell that I have here. (laughs) 
I stole it from a diner. A small just, diner. It's such a good, just like, you don't even need to be funny. You just say something and the ding, and I'm... No, I'm, that's a, that's our fucking rim shot. That's our rim shot. That's what we do. What was the first thing that we used that for that we were counting in one episode? Oh, God. Do you remember? I don't remember. Probably some illusion. Sh- oh, shit clown. Terrible. Shit clown. Shit yep, clown. There it is. <laughs> Oh, Thank so you. good, so good. <laughs> it's perfect. Listen, Mr. Roninson, and don't mispronounce it because he will come across the piano and fucking stoot slap <laughs> you. I'm talking skibbity paps. You're gonna get the fucking skibbity paps if you mispronounce his name. Uh, Andy, man, it's been a real pleasure. How can we find you on social media? What, what can we do? How do we get a hold of you? Yeah, you know, my Instagram is at Andy Roninson, R-O-N-I-N-S-O-N. My website's andyroninson.com, and you can find. Everything there, including a video of Katrina Link singing yes, one of my songs. Yes, get it. So that's me yeah. dropping names. AndyRonanson.com. You can also find the podcast from there or go directly to takeattenmusicals.com. Or it's now on hey. Spotify and Google Play as well as iTunes. I just put it on last week. Snap. Finally got to it. Boom. It's on SoundCloud. You can find it anywhere. And you can buy sheet music. and It's all available. Anything you want. Yeah. Listen, man, there's no shameless plug on this thing. What do you got coming up next? What what, what, what can we see coming from you? I'm just uh, slowly writing. That's all I got right now. Listen, I mean, if we have the, we have the tale of the tortoise <sighs> and the hare, you, you know how that yeah, turned yeah. out. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what you come up with next, man. I'm really excited. Appreciate it. Really, brother. really excited. You're a fucking genius. And awesome. uh, we appreciate you coming on here. Take me to coffee. Andrew. Yeah. A million years ago, I think it was like about the time my dad died, maybe 13 or 14, I popped back into New York for a week to go to this really cool thing that Michael Roderick was doing. I ended up in this like work session with someone from a PR firm. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I wish that I had an opportunity to connect more personally with the leaders in my industry. I was young, obviously, right? Like I think I had probably was just in my early 30s. And she was like, well, why don't you start writing a blog or something where you can interview these people? And I was like, oh, yeah, easy for you to say, you know, like what? Whatever. And I just, particularly in this episode, found myself thinking, oh my God, we're like actually doing the exact thing that that woman said I should do. And I find myself being like, how did I not know these people? This is funny because you say that, is that you have the idea so many years ago and you're like, holy fuck, this is, what is this thing? How do I do it? And then finally technology catches up with your creativity and you're like, oh fuck, this is the perfect oh, avenue for it. That's right? so interesting. Yeah. And then you stay with, you stay with the task, you stay with the thing. It takes forever to write a musical or whatever we, you know, Andy was just on here. He was like, it takes me a long time to write he grinds he does the thing you know he's the he's the tortoise and you eventually get to a point where you're like now it's ready (laughs) i'm really glad that i somehow turned this outro into about me instead of about andy Truly, like this episode was awesome for a multitude of reasons, but two of the specific mm-hmm. ones that stand out are one, this is a rare one where like I didn't know the person already because a lot of people who've come on, I have run across in my life. Yeah. And then two, like actually meet someone. Well, I have three things. Second, to meet someone and be like, oh my God, we are totally going to be friends. I want to talk all the time about all the things that we were talking about. Yeah. And then third, I think I mentioned it very briefly in the episode and I would be curious to see what you think about this, Andrew is that like I just assumed we'd spend the entire time talking about his musical podcast because it's so closely related to the things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. But like we veered off into spending like half of the episode talking about musical form and structure, which was so exciting and like something I never get to talk about with anybody, mainly because I have no expertise. So I don't know. I just thought that was incredible about this episode. It's exactly what the podcast should be doing. Exactly right. I mean, you you want to go off the rails. You want to find some you know tangent that is interesting, but like also to like to our our credit again, let's float our own boat. Um, <laughs> we're finding the questions that entertain us, right? 
And having this conversation today is paramount to the understanding of what creatives do. You guys get together, you have one idea, you expand on that idea, and then you get into it, right? Yes, and ding on that, mm-hmm. because I just thought of it while I was listening to what you just decided to talk about. Like, yeah. I mean, we can always at the end of an episode, like wrap our guest and say they were inspiring for this reason. And it's so cool that they did this and that. But like, man, when we have an episode where we're still talking about the ideas and concepts and questions that were posed in the episode, as opposed to like that, like achievements of the guest, like that's. Yeah. That's a coffee date you want, right? Like that's, that's you what I'm be left about. asking questions. Yeah. So so I mean, the theme of Andy all this is we're fucking yeah. awesome, and Andy is too. You know what we do? <laughs> we are captains of industry. We float our own boat. So you guys, uh, don't forget to follow Andy Roninson on Twitter and IG. We're both certainly following him and can't wait to see what he's going to make next. And you know what? If you want to hear more from guests like this and anybody else we want to talk to or you want to talk to, head over to Twitter and follow us at Team2C Podcast to ask your questions for our upcoming guests. They potentially might be yours. You know what you can do? You can also let us know about someone smart and cool you follow online that you think that we should be talking to. Did you just improvise on the script? You know what's funny? You're growing up. You're my podcast baby growing up. He's a little baby boy, and now he's big. I don't like that at all. But I do. Oh, my God. No. It's happening. No. It's happening right now. (laughs) That's it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee. (laughs) Oh, y'all, please, God. Take it from us. It's your turn. One, check out new episodes every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting. Shubop shebang. <laughs> Shubop shebang. There it is. Two for special bonus content, including being able to see these funky headphones. Funky, funky headphones. <laughs> Play those funky headphones. <laughs> Join our coffee club over at Patreon, www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. Andrew, do you think anyone has as much fun as we have making this podcast? That's the fun bomb going off right now. That's how much fun we have. Fun bomb, fun bomb, fun bomb. Your contribution helps us continue to make this podcast for you, with you, and completely ad-free. No bots, no bills, no bullshit. Nobody tells us what to do. Ooh, that was good, Andrew. Again, I'm improvising today, and people are people are going to start turning off. They're going to start tuning out because they're like, "Who's no, that peop- guy? That's that's a, new, have, that's a new host." We're going to have the only podcast in the entire history of the universe that people actually stay on for till the end because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! God forbid people get this far. Three, download these episodes and leave us a glowing review so we can continue to float our own boat in the podcasting charts. That was a perfect rhyme, y'all. Dude, I'm Andrew. I'm Jess, and we will see you next week.